28th of July, 2023. It's week 30. You're right stressful one for me guys and I'm feeling a bit overloaded so I wanted to talk about information overload in general and what we can do to try to keep ourselves sane while we're drinking from that fire hose which is not recommended by the way and how this came about was I was doing a lot of work this week with my team on various production support issues and in amongst the the flow of information uh, from different sources. It became evident to me that depending on who I listened to, I was getting a different perspective and a different story. And it was really difficult to figure out what the truth of the situation was. So for me, it's the equivalent of looking at raw data versus curated intel. How do we get to um, the signal from the noise? And how do we prevent ourselves from getting overwhelmed? Not just at a team level in our professional lives, but also um, at a personal level in our private lives. We're all getting so much information thrown at us from social media, from you know the people that we speak to every day, from the news. And it can be very difficult sometimes to filter all of that and try to make sense of it. So I've become acutely aware of the need for processes to be put in place at a team level um, to ensure that we have proper, reliable triage. But I also wanted to see if I could apply that to my personal life as well. And what could I extract from that? What lessons could I learn? The challenge here is to reliably tell signal from noise. We all live in a a high noise uh, environment where, you know, there's a lot of distraction. There's a lot of static. And we need to figure out what is the actual signal amongst that that we need to actually pay attention to. And that's a personal choice that all of us need to make. So triage is the process of telling a serious signal from harmless noise. If we treat every noise as a signal, um, it's, it's wasteful. But treating everything as harmless noise is dangerous when a serious signal is ignored for too long. So triage is not just filtering, it's also sorting by priority. If something is important, i.e. it's a strong signal, that's a high priority, that's something that we need to give attention to. If something is just background noise, it's something that's happening in the background that doesn't affect us directly, we can filter it out and probably largely ignore it. So put simply, the high priority items go first, then the mid-level, then the low. Of course, once such an approach is in place, users can try to game the system by insisting that all of their issues are high priority. And I've seen this um, in my professional career many times over that people start to realize that, well, the team's only paying attention to P1 tickets, for example, on the support queue. So I'm going to set all of my stuff to be P1 so it gets the attention that I require it to get. And this is exactly what we see in our personal lives as well. We see people jumping up and down for attention. Um, You know, me, me, me. Uh, You need to focus on my priorities. Um, and it's something that even we'll see in in the news and in, in, in the political world, in news cycles, where something 
bubbles all the way up to the top of the news cycle. And it isn't always clear why. Why is this a why is this the main headline in the newspaper? Why is this the main story on the evening news? How did it get to the top of the queue? You know, what was the prioritization that led to this thing getting to the top of the queue? And sometimes I find myself looking at these stories and scratching my head and thinking, who made the decision? Like what editorial team made the decision that this is something that I should actually care about? So in order to prevent um, people gaming the system, triage is also about discipline. We need to have filtering in place. We need to have um, sorting in place by priority. And we need to apply that with discipline. In an information-rich environment with a lot of loud background noise, each of us needs to have our own built-in triage mechanism. If you treat every bit of news you hear as serious and you react with urgency to these, then you will be quickly exhausted. And some weeks I start to feel a bit exhausted, to be frank. I start to think, okay, um, all of these things are coming at me from 360 degrees. I need to just stop. I need to stand my ground. I need to dig in my toes and grip the ground with my feet and say, okay, I'm not moving. Um, so whatever wave is going to hit me, let it hit me and I'm just going to take it. And then once the wave has passed, then I can figure out what happened. What do I actually need to act on? What can I safely ignore? Because sometimes in the moment, you just don't get the opportunity to do that kind of sorting. You have to wait almost until after the event and then, um, you know, retrospectively try to um, try to correct what you can. And this is a big part of the, the leadership job, to be frank. There's an expression that a lot of people use, which I, I really don't like, which is um, drinking from the fire hose. And it's often said by, by leaders in a boastful way. Oh, I've been drinking from the fire hose. I'm consuming all the information that I can get my hands on. I'm just, you know, gulping it down. I, I can't get enough. Well, it's a weird metaphor because if you actually try to drink from a fire hose, um, you'd realize that that's actually pretty dangerous and um, at the very least, uh, very, very uncomfortable. And uh, it's much easier to drink from a glass than it is to drink from a fire hose. So that's what you need to think. You need to think, how can I get this down to a manageable size that I can actually drink it and I can actually make sense of it? Because if you try to drink everything, you're going to be lost and you're going to be overwhelmed and you'll have no idea what's signal and what's noise. What's a P1 that you really need to act on? What's a P4? What's a P5 that you can do later? You can delegate, you can put on the backlog and get to it eventually. Or indeed just filter out completely and just cancel. So each of us mentally have to have this kind of mechanism in place. Lots of data comes in. Is this signal? Is this noise? I need to sort it, high priority, mid priority, low priority. Once I've got it sorted, I'm then going to tackle the high priority ones first. They're the ones I'm going to pay attention to. Uh, the others I can safely ignore for now. I can get back to them eventually, or maybe never get back to them at all. And I need to have discipline. I can't have other people setting the priority for me. Triage is all about setting the priority in the moment, using the data that's available. If you let other people perform that triage for you, they're going to set everything to be to be a P1. And if everything is high priority, everything is effectively low priority as well. There's no difference. You're not getting any benefit from prioritizing if everything is, is set as a P1. So if you let other people set the agenda for you, that's exactly what's going to happen. They're going to set the agenda that 
everything that they want you to pay attention to is going to be a P1 and you're not in control anymore. So you need to have that discipline and you need to be able to say no to things and you need to be able to say, ah, you know, I'll get to that eventually. Or in an extreme case, I don't care. I can just ignore that completely. It's not important. And having the confidence to do that and have the discipline to follow through. So apart from uh, fighting with production support uh, backlogs this week, uh, what else have I been doing? Um, I will be doing a leadership podcast drop on uh, the topic of um, meeting attentiveness and uh, meeting etiquette in general on either Monday or Tuesday of next week. Um, I have the script mostly done. Um, I just need to do the recording. Um, So that will go out early next week. Um, I will not be doing a Friday podcast next week. Um, So there'll only be one podcast next week, which will be early um, because I'm going to be on vacation. So I won't be ringing my microphone on vacation. Um, What else have I done this week? I... As I mentioned last week, I did sign up for Twitter Blue, and I'm finding that there is indeed a a reply guy bump, let's say, to, to Twitter Blue. Um, I'm definitely seeing my profile visits and my tweet impressions has gone up dramatically um, since I signed up for that. So I'm honestly thinking at this stage, guys, it's it's worth it. It's worth the eight bucks a month. So for comparison, just cherry picking out one metric, um, in June... Uh, my average uh, impressions per day on all of my tweets, uh, you know, a cumulative uh, figure was 3.3 thousand uh, impressions per day, which considering I've got 9,000 followers, that's actually really bad. <laughs> so effectively, like a third of my followers are actually looking at any of my tweets in a given day. Um, so in comparison, in July and it was actually around the middle of July that I signed up for Twitter Blue, so it's not even a full a full month, but it's what I've got. It's the data that I've got so far. Um, in July, I'm looking at uh, 19.2 thousand impressions per day. So to recap, uh, I'm, I've gone from 3.3 thousand to 19.2 thousand, which is obviously a huge increase. Um, and I would expect um, in August, when I have a full month on Twitter Blue, that that figure will be even higher. So for content creators out there who are listening, um, I think it's worth it. I genuinely think it's it's worth the uh, worth paying for, and I think I will continue to um, to pay for it. I think it's the the figures speak for themselves, and that's basically me just um, tweeting as I usually do, uh, replying on threads to bigger accounts than mine. Um, obviously putting out my own original threads as well. I'm just seeing a dramatic increase in in traffic. So, yeah, um, it's been interesting. I haven't changed my behavior in terms of how I'm using Twitter. I'm just getting better results for the same behavior. The same, I'm posting the same amount every day. Um, otherwise, in terms of media that I'm enjoying, um, I'm still watching season two of Foundation. Uh, episode two came out recently. Um, it's great. It's really good fun. Uh, it was great to see, for those who have read the Foundation book, uh, it was great to see the mule making his first appearance in, in uh, episode two. Um, looks very, very different to his uh, description from the books, but very impressive nonetheless. And um, it's going to be very interesting to see what they do with that character. Um, it's a difficult series to, to film. 
um, given the time span. So I think so far they've done a they've done a great job, and I'm absolutely blown away by the production values on that show, the, the costumes, the special effects, the, the the acting. It's really really high quality. Um, apart from that, I am about to start reading Neuromancer by William Gibson. Um, to my shame, I haven't read that yet. Uh, given that it's a it's a seminal book in the cyberpunk genre, I'm a big cyberpunk fan. Um, I'm going to correct that gap in my reading. Um, it's actually going to be the book that I'm going to bring with me on vacation. So, looking forward to finally reading that. And um, yeah, should be. Um, should be a cool read. I've heard uh, nothing but good things about it. So that's it, guys. I will say goodbye and wish you a happy and restful weekend. Bye-bye.